Sim. Yeah, good morning, family. How good is it to be in the house of the Lord this morning? So good. All right, let's jump in. If you brought your Bibles, please open them to John chapter 6. And we're going to have a look at a story that if you've been hanging around in the faith for a while, you've probably read it before. So John chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 1. So after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover feast of the Jews was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming unto him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? So we've got the scene is set. There is a great multitude of people coming for Jesus because they've seen his miracles or they've heard his miracles. So they're coming to receive something from him. But Jesus has an idea. He said, let's feed these people. God is interested in food. He's actually interested in what we're putting into ourselves. It was Jesus's idea to feed these people. It wasn't the disciples' idea it wasn't, they weren't even coming for physical food. But he said, hey, where should we get some food to feed these people? And then in verse 7, Philip said, 200 denarii of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. This is such a human response in this moment. He said, even if we have like a year's wages worth of food it's not enough that everyone here would just have a little bit you know God's actually not interested in you just having a little bit he's a God of abundance we know that from John chapter 10 verse 10 which says the thief comes only to steal to kill and to destroy But I have come, this is the words of Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is Jesus' idea of living. Abundance. He's interested in you receiving an abundant life. And a lot of you know this. Yeah, I've read that scripture. Yeah, we know that. Devil, still kill, destroy. Jesus, abundant life. Tick. Got it, read that one, thanks Anna. But are we living in an abundant life? Are we actually walking in that? Are we walking in that, not just spiritually, but are you walking in a physically abundant life, in your health, in your body? Are you walking in health, in abundance, in life in abundance? What about your soul? Is your soul prospering? We know that Paul writes and he says, I wish above all else that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers because your soul is one third of you. We know that we are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul. God is interested in whole life prosperity, in whole life abundance, spirit, soul and body. 
And we go back to John chapter 6 where he's feeding, he's interested to feed the people in their physical bodies. Let's feed them. Let's feed these people, he says. Let's see what happens. In verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, said to him, There's a boy here that has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said in verse 10, Make the men to sit down. Or in the Amplified, it says, Let them make them recline or lie down. Hmm. Make them to lie down. Okay. And it says, And now there was much grass in the place. Or in some versions, it says there's pastures. Can we go to the next verse and see if it's there? Oh, maybe it's back one. In verse um, 10. I don't know what version this is. Oh, yeah, it says, There's much grass in the place. Or pastures. The Amplified says there's pastures. Who does this sound like? Lying down. Green pastures. Thanks, Sim, for reading that out earlier. That wasn't planned. Planned by God. That sounds a little bit like Psalm 23, doesn't it? The good shepherd. But we know this because as we're just reading in John 10.10, sorry to flick back and forth, but it's all good in the word. We just read in John 10.10 that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. And then what does he say in verse 11? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. There's no guessing games with Jesus. He's pretty straightforward. I am the good shepherd. I'm the one that makes you lie down in green pastures. I'm the one that restores your soul. I'm the one who's given my life for my sheep. In Psalm 23, in verse 5, it also says that, as Sim read out for, for us earlier, he says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What's that? That's food. Jesus is interested in us feasting. This is going somewhere, I promise. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were, set, that were sitting down. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the, the leftovers. And there were 12 baskets filled. They were filled. This wasn't just enough to get everyone by. This wasn't snacking. They were filled, filled, filled. Abundance. That's abundance. Jesus wants us to eat. But this story isn't just about physical food. Because the next day, this same group of people came looking for Jesus. And he said to them, he's a bit direct with them. And he actually said to them in verse 26, I say unto you, seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You guys just wanted another freeloader meal on me. 
the next day, but he's trying to say something to disciples. He says, don't labor for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for he for God has sealed him. What is Jesus saying? He's actually describing himself. In verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. An argument plays out in these verses where the people are like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying to us? What is this bread that you speak of? This bread of everlasting life that we won't have to hunger again. Jesus is saying, it's me. Eat me. Eat me so that you wouldn't be hungry again. Come and drink from me that you wouldn't thirst again. which they thought actually was, was blasphemy. Jesus says in verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews therefore stri like were striving among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This is crazy, this conversation. It's actually such a weird conversation. They can't quite wrap their head around it. And actually, Jesus lost a lot of disciples that day. They were like, this has just gone from cool, fun, miracle times with Jesus healing all our friends and preaching really crazy sermons and feeding us all to him just like saying weird things like, eat me. They really just, they just couldn't hack it. And a lot of disciples actually left that day and they ceased to follow him. So it says in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? You want to go too? Is this too, this too crazy, this concept? Do you understand it? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He had a revelation. Peter had a revelation of what Jesus was saying. We know from the word that when what we're eating, when we eat Jesus, it's not literally like physical food that we're putting in our mouths. But we know that when we eat Jesus, we're actually consuming the word. John chapter 1, 14 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word which we consume. But I just want to encourage you this morning to, to feed yourself. Don't starve yourself. Don't fast your spirit. We're really good at feeding ourselves physically. Unless you fasted this whole past seven days, I'm going to make a generalized assumption that you ate breakfast, lunch and dinner most days this week. Some of you might have skipped breakfast a few days. Let's pretend that you spent 20 minutes on brekkie, 20 minutes on lunch and 20 minutes on dinner every day this week. That's like seven hours we've spent prepping food and eating it. How much time did you spend eating the word of the Lord, feeding your spirit. We know the story of um, when Jesus visited some friends 
in Luke chapter 10. Do you guys want to go there? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. A lot of you know the story. And we talk about serving and, and, and sitting in his presence and, you know, oh, don't be like Martha. Because Martha was, um, she was like obsessed with serving and came up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to serve alone? Tell her she has to help me. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, be careful. You're, you're, you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She got distracted. She got distracted with food prep, which is fine because we actually need to eat physically and that's really important. But there was a moment in time when Jesus was in their house and Mary was like, no, these words are life. These are the words of everlasting life. Like what Peter said to Jesus when Jesus is like, you want to go? Now's your time. Off you go. Everyone else is going. You think I'm nuts? Go. And Peter goes, where, where are we going to go? You have the words of everlasting life. They were feeding in to his spirit. He was hungry for what Jesus was saying. Mary in that moment was so hungry for what Jesus was saying. And I think we can very easily be like, oh, I would never be like Martha. Are you serious? If Jesus was in my house, I would totally be hanging out with him. Well, <laughs> the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You got one of these in your house? Yeah, we've got one of these in our house. Some of us have it in our phones as well. We spent a lot of time in the kitchen this week. Maybe you didn't cook anything. Maybe you just went out and ate. Great. Spent a lot of time feeding your body this week. Good job, Martha. Talking to myself. I'm preaching to myself, guys. If Jesus was in my living room, oh, are you serious? I wouldn't spend any time in the kitchen. I'd just sit at his feet. Jesus is so good. This is available to you anytime you want, day or night, anytime you want. You don't need the physical appearance of Jesus to walk through your, the front door of your home so that you can just, oh, I need to take a moment to just sit at your feet. It's there always. Don't starve yourself. Feed yourself. Feed on this. It's been prepared for you. The Lord prepares a meal for you in the presence of your enemies. You don't have to do any meal prep with the word. It's all right there. It's very easy consumption, especially if you've been a Christian for a little bit longer than newborn stage. We know in 1 Peter 2.22 it says, desire newborns like a newborn desire the sincere milk of the word that you would grow some of you are mums in the place you understand that when your baby is first born they can't feed themselves 
Tell me if I'm wrong, Ellie. <laughs> Can't feed themselves? No. And then do you teach them how to eat with a spoon? I once made a joke to my younger brother. Um, it was probably like 10 years ago or something. My mum had gotten her first phone. Very exciting. Some of you know where the story's going because you've also had mums that have gotten their phones. And because our mums didn't quite grow up with that sort of technology, they needed a lesson. I taught my mum how to turn her phone on and off. It was a Nokia E63. Taught her how to add a contact, make a phone call and send a text message. That was pretty good. We actually wrote it all down so she could reference it back. Then mum upgraded to an iPhone a few years later. And so we all had iPhones, so I thought, that's great. Everyone can help teach mum. You know, it's not just on me. You know, Joy had an iPhone. Levi had an iPhone. And I just remember overhearing one time in the living room, Levi was like, you know, just take a screenshot. And my mum goes, well, what's a screenshot? And I could just hear this confusion and frustration in his voice where he was like, how does she not know how to take a screenshot? And I just pulled him aside and I said, you know, you should have a little bit of grace for mum when you're teaching her how to use an iPhone because um, she actually taught you how to use a spoon. <laughs> right? Children don't just know straight away. When you first became a Christian, you probably picked this up and got a little bit overwhelmed. Oh, what do you mean I have to eat Jesus? gross it's weird what do you wait every day read the bible every day sure not just sundays be great if someone could just spoon feed me yeah that's what church is for bit of spoon feeding this morning that's what bible studies for we can all feed each other hey this is what i found i had the best meal on wednesday night in the word let me show you how it tasted there's a reason why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's, you know, if you have someone that's new to the faith and you're like, I'm a professional consumer of the word, find someone to feed. Find someone to feed. Jesus found someone and said, feed my sheep. It was Peter because Peter had had this revelation that we've just read about. Jesus is like, disciples, you want to leave too? Off you go. This is the time. Everyone else is leaving. See you later. And Peter goes, where else would we go? Where else would we go? You have the, the words of everlasting life. He had the revelation. And Jesus actually said when he changed his name, it's on you that I'll build my church. It's on you that I'll build my church because Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. He said, who does everyone say I am? I love that story, actually. Let's go there. Matthew 16, 15. Matthew 16, 15. Let's back up a little bit. In verse 13, Jesus asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do they say that I am? That kind of sounds like <laughs> girls when they're texting after a party when you're in high school and you come back and you're like, did you, what did he say? What did he say about me? What, is, what did he say about me? Did he say like to my hair? Did he say like my dress? What did he say? Tell me. Tell me what he said about me. Jesus is like, what do they say about me, boys? 
What do they say about me? Is my beard good? Fresh trim this week? And they say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say um, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said, okay, that's good, good, good. But who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew he'd had a revelation of who Jesus really was. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And he said, um, you're now Peter and on this, ro this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus wanted to build his church on someone who knew who he was, who had a revelation of who Jesus was. He was the Messiah, the Son of God, the Word made flesh. And after Jesus came back from the dead in let me find it. John 21 John chapter 21 and verse 15. So after they'd eaten, meals are important, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? This wasn't super cheeky this time. It wasn't like, a, who do they think I am? Or do you love me? Sometimes I say that to Joy, do you love me? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Because Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. And Jesus wasn't going to be around to spoon feed them anymore. He wasn't going to be there to prepare their bottles, heat it up, hear their cries for milk. He wasn't around anymore. He was leaving. So he put someone in charge. He said, hey, you feed my lambs. Once we have a revelation of who Jesus is, of what this word is to us, once you have your routine with the word where you're feasting on the word day and night, and you're like, Anna, I got this. I'm good. I read my Bible. I know. I receive from the word. I'm building up my spirit, man. Okay, would well, you know what? Turn around and feed someone else. It's really important that we're making sure that when people are coming into the body of Christ, that we're not leaving them crying, screaming for milk because they don't know how to feed themselves. We actually need to make sure that we're turning around and going, hey, let me show you. Let me show you what's in the word. Let me explain this to you. Jesus was constantly explaining himself to the disciples. He'd bring a parable and then they'd leave and they'd be like, oh, good word, Jesus. What did that mean? Can you explain that to me? And so he'd be like, how do you still not get it? Okay, I'll explain it. I'll spoon feed it to you. Um, you know, pop your bottle in the microwave when you're crying. But he wasn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, he was sending the Holy Spirit, but in the meantime, Peter, Peter's got to feed the sheep. I believe that this word is twofold. If you're feeling slightly malnourished in the spirit, if you're not walking in that abundant life that Jesus declares over us, 
What was the point of Jesus coming to bring us abundant life if we're not actually walking in it? Also, that's not on him. If you're not walking in abundant life, that's not on God. God, it's your fault that I'm not walking in abundant life. He's like, I already provided it. Everything you need in Jesus, it's all there. But are you, are you feasting? Are you starving your spirit? Are you starving your spirit? Don't starve your spirit. Feast, have a meal. If you can't do it alone, invite someone. You know, sometimes it's good to eat alone in the word and sometimes it's really good to share a meal. If you're married, share a meal with your spouse. If you're a parent, feed your children the word. Because we know that it's life to those who find it and health to their flesh. That's what Proverbs 4.20 says. 22, I think, actually. Life. Life. Are you looking for abundant life? You want to know what abundant life is going to look like in your life? Pick this up. Start feeding it to your spirit. Feed yourself. Feed yourself. Mary and Martha both had a choice that day. Do they want to get some physical food in the kitchen? Or do we want to get some spiritual food? I actually personally recommend both. But I think we're okay with feeding ourselves physically. And some of us are slightly malnourished. We need to be drawing on the word of God constantly. Just because you had breakfast last Monday doesn't mean you don't need to eat today. Just because you're hearing the word this morning doesn't mean that you can just skip reading the word tomorrow. That's okay if you don't want to. I'm not like, don't feel condemned. Anna told me I have to read the Bible, so I guess I should read it. But if we want to walk in that abundant life that Jesus has provided for us, this is the key. His word is the key. Actually, I really didn't want to go um, too long this morning. I wanted to keep it like super succinct for you guys. Um, yeah, share a meal with someone this week. Not just a physical meal, but a spiritual meal. Find someone to read the word with. Or if you find something in the word that's good. You know when you find a good restaurant and you just want to tell everyone about it? Or a new recipe and you're like, it's so easy. It's so easy. You've got to try this. It tastes so good. You've got to send me the recipe. We've got to send each other the recipes of the word. We have to send each other the recipes of the word. We've got to encourage each other. We've got to build each other up. In the word, we don't want our friends to get slightly malnourished. If your friend stopped eating, you would soon see it and you'd want to, hey, are you okay? Are you all right? You'll check in. But we need to be watching over our family. This is family. We're family. We need to make sure that we're all eating healthy meals during the week. And if you're like, oh, I've got it. I got it. I'm good. I didn't need to hear this, Anna. 
you're, talk, you're preaching to the choir. I'm a Bible consumer. Do heavy lifting. I'm bulking in the spirit. If that's you, if you're on the spiritual protein shakes, find someone to feed this week. It actually builds your faith. I um, actually teach scripture in the primary schools on my lunch breaks two days a week. I have a year four class. They're really funny. And I have a year one class. And some of them can't read, so it's, it's less entertaining. Um, but they love everything I do. I taught them a memory verse, and they thought it was hilarious. Like, wrote it on the board, and then would, like, rub out two words and put a line there. And they thought it was so exciting that the words weren't missing. And they could still remember it. We did, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. As I have 15 year ones yelling this scripture for like 10 minutes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. As I like point to the missing words. The life, the way and the life. John 14, 6. It's so good. It's very easy to feed fresh Christians or people that don't know because it's so simple. And you know, what? it actually feeds yourself as well. Just because, what do we give to, what, mamas, help me out. What's a, what's a food that you start a baby on when you start them on solids? Banana. banana, avocado, great. Who here as an adult still eats banana and avocado? Mm. We don't stop eating the fresh, the, 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 the beginning. You know, learning that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life is a big deal to someone that's in year one. They're like six, I think. Oh, wow, Jesus is the way. What does that mean? I told my year fours what grace meant this week. Oh, what does grace mean? Wow, unmerited favor. They didn't, he didn't deserve, you guys didn't deserve Jesus to come, but he came anyway. I need to learn that. I, need to, I still need to feast on that. We still need to eat avocados and bananas just because we eat them when we're one or two. I'm not sure. Six months. <laughs> Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> Just because we eat them when we're six months doesn't mean we stop eating them, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Just because you read Psalm 23 when you were younger doesn't mean that we don't need it now. Yeah. It's good to go back to basics because it helps us to remember how to feed those who are just coming in. Mm, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just wanted to really keep it brief. So I might finish up there. <laughs> I think you all know I could probably talk for like two hours. But the Bible talks a lot about milk and solid foods. You can find, go find the verses this week. The Bible, he talks about we need to move from milk to solids. Don't stay on milk. If you were my age and you said, I said, oh, you know, what you have for breakfast? Milk. Oh, I'm going to go out for lunch today. Mm -hmm. Milk. <laughs> what? What? Dinner tonight? You want to go out to a restaurant? Yeah, do they, do they have milk? I would be like, what's wrong with you? You need a well-rounded diet. Milk's good to start on. We need to move to solid foods. Stay in the word this week feast let him make you lie down in green pastures you know you can take a sheep to the pastures but you can't make them eat 
I've tried. (laughs) Jesus didn't make anyone eat that day. He just provided a feast for them. Twelve baskets left over. If you were hungry, that was your fault. Twelve baskets of food left over that day. Thousands of people feasting of what Jesus provided. We feed on what he's provided. He's done all the work. It's all provided for you. Just read it. Let it wash over you. Let it build up your spirit, man. And then send the recipe to a friend. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy that follows us around. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that you prepared him, a meal prepared in heaven, that you sent him to earth so that we could partake of the goodness. Lord, I thank you for your word that is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your abundant life that you've provided for us in Jesus. Lord, would we continue to walk in that, Lord? Would we continue to walk in the fullness of all that you have provided for us, God? Let us not remain hungry when we come into your presence, Lord. Would we leave filled this morning? Lord, you didn't, you're not coming back for a malnourished bride. Lord, we thank you that we'll be spiritually filled day in, day out. Lord, as you said to Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Let it not depart from before your eyes. And you will bless him. Lord, I thank you. May that be our story, that we meditate on your word day and night that it doesn't depart from our eyes, Lord, and that we walk in the fullness of your blessings, Lord, in every area of our life. Do you guys want to stand up? Worship team's going to come.